My name is Richard Lannan, rhymes with Canon, and this is the Fenestration News Podcast. My guests today are from the company Vika, who I think most people in the industry would have heard of. Joining me is Gabriella Hammond, who is the head of HR, and Paul Armstrong, who is the operations director. In this episode, we have a conversation about the skill shortage. And while the fenestration industry as a whole understands the problem that we have, my guests today talk us through why now is the time to take action and what they're doing to help. So without further ado, let's get started. Gabriella, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. So to start off with, our industry is well aware of the problem and providing a solution for our industry is much needed. But why now? OK, well, I, I think the whole issue of, of the last two years and then the resulting recruitment battle and challenges for the industry in terms of production, lead times, all, all the, the sort of bits that were being thrown in for a while, but it's just not been confronted. So the, the whole message about skills while jobs were easy to come by and while recruitment was, was fairly easy, it wasn't really noticed as an issue. But I think with all that coming into the, the, the microcosm of recruitment meant that people really had to look at what they were offering in terms of jobs and skills. People have a lot more choice about recruitment decisions because there's so many jobs out there now. People are making different decisions, which means the job offering and an employer has to really think carefully about the skills for the future and what they're offering in terms of people experience and career. And from a from a practical perspective operationally, I think I can add we found ourselves last year with around about 30 vacancies in the quarter four of last year operationally that we were trying to fill at a time when we had demand from the customers around about 30% higher than we expected to see at the beginning of the year. So it was almost a perfect storm for us, really. So why are we locked into this ever-increasing struggle to attract skilled workers? I think it's, it's that mention of attract and what is attractive to, to younger people coming out of education these days. We do, we, we do a lot of work in our local schools and you, you attend various sort of careers event, events. And, and it's, it's, it's a fact to say that a lot of the students you speak to, their aspirations are football stars, pop stars, uh, TikTokers, um, and they haven't really got that career understanding of, of what opportunities are out there in the real world. Um, so it's, it's, it's employers helping the education um, to, to be able to, to help students understand what is out there and then make it attractive to them. Yeah, and I think I think I would add to that, you know, maybe a little bit unique for uh, Vika in Burnley is the, the geographic area we're in. You know, there's a high aerospace industry, uh, a number of uh, companies supporting that industry in the local area, and we have to compete with those guys to uh, to recruit the best people. And, uh, you know, that is a, maybe a slightly different twist on the challenge, but it all adds to the same, you know, point that we need to make our industry more attractive uh, to people by whatever means possible. And I think because there is so much choice now out there, it, it, that making it attractive isn't just about a job. It's about the career that it can lead to. And that's, that's a different proposition in terms of the sell from an employer, focusing on what opportunities out there, not just for now or the next year, but what, what career could that lead to? And it's probably true to say, Gabriella, we, we feel that, that you know, the, the, the people that we're trying to attract also value different things than they mm. used to value when certainly I started my career. Definitely. You know, 
um, you know, work work life balance is a much bigger topic than it was. Uh, and how can we how can we help to give them a better work life balance to make us more attractive, uh, uh, meeting the needs of the business and of of those people. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'll add to that because ultimately I'm very passionate about this industry and our industry as a whole, literally there are billions of pounds changing hands and there is such an opportunity for so many skilled avenues, you know, everything from working with your hands to, you know, engineering side of things. So really our industry is such an amazing platform for people to build careers with. But of course, not many people know about it. Not many people understand that fenestration can provide these kind of careers. So how do we change that perception? It, it's got to be awareness, just banging the drum for um, getting the understanding of, of what opportunities are out there to the younger people or people who are maybe looking to transition into from one career to another for whatever reason. But apprenticeships for us certainly uh, have been big for a long time, but we've we've sort of invested the the board and some more time into to really looking at additional things that we could do with apprenticeships to, to help younger people come in and start that career journey in different places and different opportunities rather than traditional engineering. Yeah. And whether whether this does come back a little bit to our location uh, and the, you know, heavy engineering background where the, the, the traditional trade skills that would come from an apprenticeship were around machinists or sheet metal workers or fitters or aircraft fitters. Uh, yes, certainly we have the traditional toolmakers we have the traditional maintenance uh, electricians and mechanical maintenance teams that we've been doing a long time through trade apprenticeships but then when you start to look at the plastics industry and what schemes exist to support the skills that we need as a business it's not a great fit really and so that's the work that we're doing now to try and put in place a framework which uh, is meaningful for us as a business but also gives the uh, uh, the potential employees or youngsters uh, a real um, trade uh, that they could perhaps take elsewhere in the future if they needed to. And, and this this won't be just unique to us in, in terms of, of the actual systems, house and, and, and plastics, but, you know, in terms of fitting, in terms of building skills, all construction, there's an apprenticeship framework that could be used for anybody. Now, Vika have been working on this for a long time in the form of apprenticeships and and working with colleges. But this problem is an industry problem and it's bigger than Vika. So what would you suggest other companies do to help with this problem? Well, the the new apprenticeship that we're developing is is specific to us. And we've done it with the college, our local provider. Most colleges will have that facility for, for other businesses to speak to their local provider. And, and talk about what they want and, and how it could help be delivered by the by a college or provider. But you know, apprenticeships are are out there for anybody to use and, and a really good way of getting someone into the business or into the industry. And what what my experience is having worked in aerospace many years ago in the composite carbon fiber uh, sector was again that wasn't seen as a skilled um, trade. And we worked uh, at that time with with a group of other big organisations to put together a framework that was recognised nationally. And that was good. And I think what we're doing now is going out on our own to develop something for us. But if we had that industry body, if you like, to pull together all the Windows Systems Company and we come together with a common framework for all of us, 
would that be more powerful? I mean, that's a valid question. And would it get more traction? Um, something that uh, maybe is to consider for the future. Now, I've been talking to a lot of companies about this, but one thing that's come out is that I've, I've noticed how the construction industry is actually better because they have courses such as bricklaying and that there's a little bit more education around it and and career paths as such or learning paths f- for this. So I think what you're doing is, is very admirable and I think more companies should be looking into this. You're changing things, changes that are definitely needed in my opinion. I, th- I think there's some negative perceptions about apprenticeships which are false in, in terms of that they don't provide as a, a a qualification if you look them at them in terms of them versus the degree but but that that perception is slowly changing because it it has its own merits rather than leaving university with thousands of pounds worth of, of debt in terms of student loans um, apprenticeships can get you to a degree qualification these days without that level of debt which in the years to come from what we're hearing is is a should be a huge factor yeah, and we've got some great examples, haven't we, Gabriella, of people who joined us as apprenticeships who've gone on that route. They've done HNC, HND up to degree mm-hmm. level. And, and, you know, we can. it's worked well for those people. Definitely. Absolutely fantastic. Keep up the good work is all I could say. Thank you very much, both of you, for your time today. Bye, right, thank you. <laughs> all right, thank you, Richard. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, consider subscribing. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Until next time.